2: Welcome to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now here's your host, Sharon Kleiner.
0: This is Sharon Kleiner Hour. I'm Sharon Kleiner. The theme of our show is the power of water. The world out there is all of a sudden, isn't it amazing, starting to realize water, water, water is the primary energy of all life. Without it, you can't live. Fresh water is vital to your life. And as you're looking out the window, wherever in the world, you're noticing a puddle, you're noticing a lake, you're noticing a stream, you're noticing a river, and you're noticing that they're starting to get smaller. And the world out there is concerned about do which country will be next to become a sand. The sand of the countries that are out there are, all begin with water. Remember that. The primary focus of everyone's life and every individual who's been put in a hired position to study science or study the importance of protecting our culture, our society on earth, must put water number one. It's the power of the water. And when you're looking at the water, you're noticing there's humidity. And the word humidity is the water in the air. So without the water on the ground and enough of it, there will not be enough water in the air, the moisture, humidity. And that's what's keeping your body alive because you're no longer living in water as you were in your mother's womb the water that was surrounding you then, and the day you begin, entered in the delivery room, no more water was around you but the humidity. That humidity must be fresh and clean. And as my research has studied, that the water should be priority to all life on Earth to even fight diseases. It's a solvent. So this show is all about the water, your health, your health issues, your concerns. The world is listening. This is the only radio talk show worldwide that is focusing only on the issues of your life to be saved. And you cannot save your life or fight diseases if you haven't understood water and what dehydration is. I want to thank World Talk Radio, Voice America, Apple iTunes, and the Green Talk Network for making it possible for me to have this show Soon, in their future, we're going to be on five years, and the 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 guests we've had on are the most exciting guests of any radio talk show you could have. Their mission statement are coming on to this show, giving their time to share with you their research, their background, their professional uh, what they've been professionally committed to with. We'll call it a mission to be able to relate to you the education over and over again. The education is vital to what you need to learn. So we want to thank all those guests. And today we have Dr. Lorraine Day. And Dr. Day is author of I See. And she's been dedicated to this subject for so long and reversing what is happening with these diseases and for we could become more proactive in learning and listening to her. Our second guest today is Ellen Gilmer and Ellen's background has been studying water and is very concerned about what's going on with Nevada's water fight. That's been going on for so many decades, and when will it run out? So that's going on all over the world. We all are Thursday. Have you ever stopped to think about when you get Thursday if you didn't have any water at all? Stop and think about that. And we all need to support this show. Because this show is being supported by bloggers. We have press releases coming out almost every day describing the health issues of lack of water and dehydration, your nutrition, and what you need to learn. And the mission of my have had in my research through all these years, and I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research all these years, is that we are concerned about the mission of you understanding all over the world of how do we do this together, and just look at this show as your laboratory to come in and learn. Then when you learn something new, and you may have heard it many times of the same subject, but you might come in and hear it differently, then all of a sudden you may think, I've heard that before, but I've never heard it quite that way before. Or your time of life is giving you the opportunity to really listen to what we have to say. And remember, those 5,000 children are dying a day around the world that don't have any water at all. Women are getting out of bed every morning and going after water miles away and carrying that water back with broken bones, bad backs, necks, and I could go on, and uh, people who carry that water for their family to exist that day. So remember, when you're listening to the show, the support you're having with getting people to listen and want to learn. This show is vital. The bloggers, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 99% water? I bet your doctor didn't tell you that. So that when you're applying an eye drop and you haven't had a supplement of water moisture to supplement that water, the eye drop may not have the benefit that you would want it to have because it could alter the enzymes, the protein, and the nutrients in the eye that are so vital for your eyes to be healthy. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product worldwide with just a mist with a tissue culture-grade water to supplement as often as you wish to give your eyes a thirst quenching. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. D.
2: listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Hour at yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Our special guest today is Dr. Lorraine Day, and she is the author of I See. Are you with us, Dr. Day? Yes, I am. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. And. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad we're going to be focusing on the eyes today because uh, we, in research we have found that it, individuals have not understand the importance of a healthy eye. And I guess a lot of it, Dr. Day, is because in school we were never really taught much about our eyes, the functioning of the eyes, the relationship of the eyes with the brain and, and our our mouth and our saliva and the relationship to the nasal passages and what we're eating is so important, but we were told not to sit close to the TV. And what's happening to do- today, Dr. Do- Day, they're all sitting right on top of a computer, right? Well, that's, that's
4: true, but they're doing many more things other than sitting in front of a computer that's uh, damaging to not only the eyes but the rest of the body because the eyes don't function on their own. They're part of the rest of the body. The same blood that flows through the rest of the body flows through the eye. The same toxins that people take in with what they're eating and processed food and not only affects the rest of the body, it affects the eyes. You can't separate the eyes from the rest of the body. It's That's very right. important to know uh, what, what, what helps and what hinders
0: the rest of the body, and that
4: also helps and hinders the eyes.
0: Exactly. You know, isn't it interesting so far back in the eyes, uh, doctor way back in time where the first real uh, medicine, when they invented the word medicine, uh, was to do something for the eyes because people, uh, when they were having vision impairment or would go blind, it was a very much of an co- inconvenience, whereas maybe you could l- crawl around if the bones were having a problem or aches and pains, but the eyes caused an inconvenience, so all of a sudden there became a medical field to treat the eyes and peop the education about the functioning of the eyes and the importance of better uh, taking better care of your eye every day from the time you're born has not been embedded by it with better education. Tell us why you think that happened, because the eyes have such a, an important function to the whole state of mind to your body.
4: Well, again, it's not just the eyes. Uh, nobody's taught how to take care of their body at all. Now, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. First of all, everybody should know that I'm a medical doctor. I'm an MD. Uh, I was trained at the University of California San Francisco Medical School, and I was on the faculty there for 15 years as associate professor and vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery. So I've been in the mainstream of academic medicine uh, for my career. Uh, there, medicine is subspecialized, and you have an ophthalmologist that take care, takes care of the eyes, an internal medicine doctor, a cardiologist that takes care of the heart, and uh, everything is compartmentalized. But really, that's a, a, a false way to do things. The whole body is connected, one thing to each other. And, you know, we talk about water. <clears throat> water is extremely important, but there's one, one thing that's more important than water, and that's oxygen. You can only live a couple of minutes without oxygen. You can live a few days without water, but you can only live a few weeks also without food. So uh, oxygen, water, and food in that order are extremely important. Uh, Certainly water is important for the eye, but so is oxygen.
0: Well, you Uh, know, what I learned, Doctor, is that humidity, the oxygen in the air has got to be influenced by water. And, uh, that again, you're right, uh, without that humidity, and that was most of my research through over 30 years is studying that humidity and the effect of that and the oxygen that is, uh, uh, there for us to be able to survive. Um, but where I came from on this, the water issues also are that, On the planet Earth, and like our second guest today, doctor, is talking about what is happening with the depletion of water in these communities and these cities throughout the United States. Well, we know it happened in other countries of the world because their focus wasn't on the water being a primary reason to survive and live with drinking water, but it also has an influence on the humidity, the air, the water that is in the area, the fresh water. But thank you for bringing that up.
4: Well, you know, the, the people people can do something about their own body. They can do something about their yes, own body. And can. people are dehydrating their bodies every day by the things they're doing that they think are normal. You are right. When you eat animal products, meat, poultry, fish, dairy products, or eggs, you are dehydrating your body because it takes a lot more water to digest those things. Right. And your body has to take water out of your cells. But people like to eat meat, poultry, fish, dairy products, and eggs. When you eat, um, uh, when you are stressed... That takes water out of your body. Stress causes dehydration. There we go. Uh, and so, so people are doing, they don't learn how to handle their stress. They're not eating the right uh, things. When you drink coffee, coffee is a, caffeine is a diuretic, whether it comes in coffee or energy drinks or caffeinated sodas or caffeinated tea. Those things all dehydrate your body. And I, I think it's a good thing to be concerned about the environment and the humidity of our country and the world. However, not everybody can do anything something about that, but they can do something about their own body. And people are right. dehydrating their bodies every single day you because right. they want to live, eat, and handle stress their own way rather than the way that's best for their body.
0: Good for you. In fact... Uh... That is so important. I'm glad you said it that way, and I'm glad you used the words you used. Uh, that is, you know, we have, we're in a world today where there's so few freedoms, but that's a freedom of choice that you have to take
4: care of yourself. That's right. And, you know, uh, and, and you when you were talking about misting of the eyes before you put eye drops in, uh, my suggestion is don't put eye drops in because if you're living, <laughs> eating, and handling stress properly, you're not going to need them. Well, Dr. Day,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but... <laughs> The only okay, reason I say I'll that tell is because you, you. Know what Let doctors me. are doing. The eye drops were there long before the supplement of the humidity in the mist. So uh, we say if you're going to use if the doctor recommends it. Now let's go back to your um, – because I'm going to work through this with you On, uh, the the book you wrote, IC. What is the focus of your book that you wrote this day? Actually, it's a two CD
4: series, uh, called IC. It's it's on CD format, so it's easy to listen to. You can pop it into the uh, CD player in your car, and you can listen to it as you go along. Okay. But but, uh, but since the vision problems are increasing dramatically and it, we're doing it to ourselves, it's not just because of the
0: environment or... I agree with you. I'm so glad you emphasized that. <laughs>
4: de- yeah, or decreased humidity in the air. We're doing it to ourselves and we can stop doing
0: it, right? right?
4: People don't have to lose their vision as they get older. The main four problems with the eye are um, uh, glaucoma, cataracts, uh diabetic problems with the eye and uh and then um, uh, macular degeneration those are the four main diseases of the eye and those uh account for about 98% of eye diseases all of them are preventable mm-hmm. all of them are preventable first of all you don't have to have uh problems with uh uh uh, diabetes in your eye if you prevent or reverse your diabetes. Right. And all type 2 diabetics can get rid of their disease in six months if they learn how to eat, live, and handle stress. Right. In fact, all you have to do is change your diet and start exercising, and your diabetes will be gone in about six months. And the stress will be uh, almost like you went away. That's right. You get out the stress. So they don't have to be on insulin and all of these diabetic drugs, many of which cause eye problems. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, macular degeneration and cataracts and glaucoma and, and diabetes are all caused by the same factors, the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. The diseases don't fall out of the sky, whether they're diseases of your stomach or intestine or of your eye they're all caused by the same factors, the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. And so you can prevent those. Uh, people, you know, when, when I was in medical school and even when I was training doctors, uh, you know, we didn't know what caused any of these diseases. Well, when I developed cancer... Uh, I developed severe cancer. This was in 1993 when I was uh, diagnosed with, with breast cancer, which became so severe I was uh, uh, designated to be terminal. And I started looking for a way to get well because I knew that that drugs don't cure diseases. Drugs only treat symptoms, and they cover up your symptoms while your disease continues to get worse. So you may feel better. Your laboratory numbers may be better, but you're getting worse. Right. And it's because the drugs that we give to patients all have side effects, horrible oh. side effects that cause more diseases. So drugs
0: are not the answer. Well, and- what happens there, too, is you, you can if, uh, correct me, but if you start taking a medication, the medication may stimulate a, a, a a reaction to something else that you didn't even have a problem with because the medication is going to react to something else while it's trying to put a postage stamp or a Band-Aid on the the symptom that the doctor gave you the prescription for. People are not using proactive. You know, this is where we're all guilty. Uh, I get out of bed every day, doctor, and think, okay, I have a responsibility today to think out how I'm living and how I'm eating and, and my, how am I, everything about my, if I had a pain in the leg, how do I think about it? If I had, uh, drier eyes that day, how do I think about it? Uh, what did I eat the day before? What am I gonna eat that day? What am I planning to do with my day for my health reasons? and make that an issue, even if I had every bit of freedom taken away from me, I could still be doing that with freedom. That's freedom. Well,
4: that's correct, but you don't even have to think about
0: it every day. You just have to have a plan for your life.
4: I don't think about what I'm going to eat every day because I already decided 20 years ago that I was going to eat the way that would make my body healthy because I hadn't been eating that way before, and that's one of the things that caused my illness, cancer. All right? So I don't have to think about it every day. I already changed all those things about my life so I could get well. Uh, if you go to my website at www.drday.com, that's Dr. Day drday.com. You will see the horrible tumor that I had, that was the size of a softball, uh, and I got well from that with no chemotherapy, no radiation, and
0: no mastectomy. It was breast cancer, Doctor Day. I've got to get you introduced to somebody, Doctor Philip Payton in Medford, Oregon, who has become a vegan. He's an ophthalmologist surgeon. Well, and that's good. The, but that's, that's the, the only op- thing you need to do. He has been able to assist. His new thing, his thinking with his patients now, with with all four of those, with all four of those, with cataracts, glaucoma, macular degeneration, and diabetics, and even heart trouble, his patients will come in, and he knows what they're coming in for. But he also tells them about their diet has got to change. It's vital, and he's almost got he's gotten very blunt about it. He said, "If you want to eat that." you're going to eat it to death. If you're going to do this, just remember to death. If you want to live and be, ha- ha- uh, be ha- if you want to live and be healthy and feel good, be resilient, be flexible, be and stay young. You will eat the right food. But if you don't want to eat the right food, you're going to go over and you will probably get a symptom and die young. You know, what is young, doctor? I think you could live to be over 100 years old and be well, look well and uh but he agrees with that. Well, so, see, that's that's only one aspect of being okay, well. Okay, tell us the others. The proper
4: nutrition is extremely water uh, important, but the next one is exercise. You've got okay. to exercise regularly. You've got to drink your water a minimum of 10 glasses of water every day. And right. that's not water out of the tap. And then you have to get sunlight. Doctors are all killing people by out of to this. this sunlight sunlight is absolutely necessary for a healthy eye and a healthy body you can't grow a garden without sunlight and That's you can't right. grow a healthy human being without sunlight and yet we physicians are taught to tell people stay out of the sun it causes skin cancer well let me give you a fact in 1900 75 percent of americans worked outdoors in the sunlight and there was no skin cancer now, 10% of Americans work outdoors in the sunlight, and skin cancer is everywhere. So
0: it is not the sunlight. It is the way people are eating, living, and handling stress and that is causing one, the I, problem. Yeah, I'll, something else, and I, I, I'll, once in a while I'll add my little thinking so you can correct me or not. You know what I learned with my research so far back, Dr. Day, is when they invented insulated windows and walls, and we're indoors sleeping and living so commonly too, in working. And many people work indoors, there, and then forced air heating and cooling. It took the moisture out of the air and changed our whole living of life. It's so dehydrating indoors.
4: Well, that's that's true, but it's also, it also does something to the air, and that is it. Uh, it changes the. Um, the status of the air when when it's forced air, you need outdoor air. Cancerous tumors air. Go, right Cancerous tumors go go twice as fast if you're breathing indoor air as if you're breathing outdoor air. I, oh,
0: that! Thank you for saying that, that. is documented yes. in the medical literature. Yeah. All right, now and back to the lighting, the lighting uh, to the sunlight and and uh, how you get your uh, your uh, natural lighting. People don't realize that's why even just going for a walk, to be able to go for a walk every day and to have that kind of exercise gives you fresh air and the particular lighting that is so important from your natural light it gives in you, the it air. Gives,
4: it gives you fresh air. It gives you exercise and it gives you sunlight.
0: Exactly. And even
4: if the if the sun is not still peeking through an overcast sky, it will still the ultraviolet rays. It has the you ultraviolet need, ray. Will still get to you, and that's what you want. You don't want to ban yourself from all ultraviolet rays. How about if you banned your garden from all sunlight? It would die.
0: Well, that's when, why they've always had greenhouses where you could, the lighting is all, uh, coming through all around that greenhouse. That's
4: correct. But even, I mean, uh, the way we grow a garden is outside. It gets fresh air and sunlight, and, uh, and we have to have that. And we have to, in order to grow a good garden, you've got to protect it from pests because that's stressful to the plants, you see. And so we've got to learn how to handle the stress in our own life. We need the same things that a garden needs. So if we do that, we're not going to be taking drugs. Nobody needs to take drugs. Drugs don't cure disease because all drugs have side effects, that cause disease. Let me just give you an example. Here's one of the drugs that's often used for glaucoma, and it's called Alfagan. And here's what it causes. These are just a few of the side effects it causes. It causes burning sensation in the eyes, high blood pressure, visual disturbances, You're taking it because you've already got an eye problem. It causes visual disturbances, bronchitis, cough, dizziness, upset stomach, difficulty breathing, dryness of the eye, eye irritation, eye pain, swelling of the eyelids, headache, pharyngitis, photophobia, which is sensitivity to light. This is caused by the drug you're taking. Rash, runny nose, sinus infection, visual field defects, eye floaters, uh, worsened visual acuity. Well, you're supposed to be taking it to make you better. Well, you, know, what, you know,
0: but I will say something here about that, and then I'll say something about the food. You know, what happened to our society so far back is we as a society culture said, and you know this being a doctor, the patient comes in usually to see you when it's too late. I mean, literally not in time or not soon enough or proactively prepared to learn how to take better care of themselves. So they walk in and say, please fix it in a hurry because I'm too busy to have this happening and tell me you're going to do it in a hurry. So the doctors professionally and the companies decided, okay, way back in time, I guess we could try to satisfy this in a hurry. And then there's all these thousands of medications out there because the patient wants it in a hurry. It's the same way with the food industry. They Put all this food together with all this carbohydrate, sodium, and sugar so you would taste it so far back. And and they decided, well, then you'd be happy because if you're complaining it doesn't taste good, you you may go to somebody else who wants to take your money because they're going to put in there what may make you feel like it tastes good. The medical field, people have to get more responsible. And then, then they'll change the medical field. They'll, people need to get re- more, more responsible with the food. That They will change that. When so people, people say, I'm sorry, I don't want to do that anymore, and then they'll begin to do uh, provide other products that are not as concentrated or getting into more preventing uh, than they are today with this, like you said. They've got all these warning signs. <laughs> well, but see, we don't need more products. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you tell us the, all of them, or did, uh, did I interrupt too soon?
4: <laughs> well, we did No, I didn't tell you all of them, but the whole point is we don't need more products, and we're not oh. going to change the medical profession, and we're not going to change the food in- industry. All we can do is change ourselves. Well, we are not. That. We, the, the, the first thing we need to do is say anything that comes in a box or a can is going to be altered. You eat whole food the way it is in nature. You eat whole food, fruits, grains, and vegetables. Now, tell their us, natural- but Dr. Dave, what is your diet? That's what I eat. Okay. Fruits, grains, and vegetables in their natural form. That's what, what I eat. I now, eat. are you a
0: vegan or a vegetarian? Yes, or? I'm a total vegan. Total vegan. Right. And that's what you have. Now, to do you, eat. Add, do you add, have oil in your diet, or do you have no oil? No oil. No oil. That's Dr. No Payton. <laughs> now, yes. have you read the book,
4: The China Study? Oh yes, but I, i've been I've been preaching this long before the no, China No, I don't study mean that yeah,
0: because he but he see, learned again. it because of the China study and the Doctor Campbell on there. And I've had him Doctor Campbell on here, and uh, we're going to have to do it again. But again, yeah, uh, you've been at this a lot longer than that. Yes, <laughs> but but let me tell you this, and and the China study is an excellent book. I recommend it.
4: However, again, the food, as important as it is, is only one factor in getting well only one factor when I first developed cancer I went immediately on a vegan vegetarian diet it was the right diet it is the diet I still eat every day even though I've been cancer free for years alright but when I just changed my diet and nothing else in my life my tumor kept growing I want to emphasize that the change in diet is excellent, but not enough by itself to cure serious diseases. Years ago, 80 years ago, it used to be enough.
0: But our life, our culture has changed so much. People are so stressed. People well, are we're dehydrating drinking. more than ever in history every day more. Well, it's not
4: just dehydration. They're eating the bad food, which is causing toxicity in their body. That's
0: right they right they they are are the, yeah. They're causing toxicity because and of that their stress. The They aren't and getting sunlight. They aren't getting exercise. Now, what, they aren't what is doing any package, of those We've only got about a minute and a half left and you are excellent. I hope I can have you on to preach to, to, to this choir out there in the world. Now, uh, what is the package that you believe eating is part of the package? Trying to to work with your own stress, but what is and getting outside, exercise, fresh air. What are some of the other things that you recommend?
4: The proper nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight. Uh, you have to eliminate all the harmful substances in your diet, which means no processed food, no sugar. You have to get rid of all sugar, sugar substitutes. Yeah. You have yeah. to get fresh air. You have to get proper rest at the proper time of night. You have to have the proper attitude. You have to learn how to handle your stress, and you have to be grateful for everything you've got. But I, I go into these in great detail. Again, if you go to my website at
0: okay. www.drday.com. Now, before you go, I'm going to ask you, listen say we're a society who likes to munch that's why they're making well, a ton I mean, of money mean, out there on all those snacks what yeah, do you do yeah. when you want to have something to snack okay
4: again you know you say we're a society that likes to munch yeah all right well first of all wh- that's what children like to do is munch we need to oh, number one grow
0: up they're a big deal what? What do you do when you want a snack? What do you personally do? Uh,
4: again, if you want a snack, then have some raw carrots, have some yeah. raw celery, uh, have some raw radishes, have something like that to snack on. But you don't need to snack. You just eat three meals a day. You don't need to be snacking all the time. Again, that's one of the problems that we have with our culture. 80 years ago, people didn't snack.
0: Uh huh. Oh, I know. Remember, how old, I, by the way, I'm 70. So I came from a co- background, we didn't have snacks. No, that's correct. I'm 75, and if you look at my website, I look, but probably 55. I do too, and you know, uh, maybe it's, I don't know what, but, but I will tell you, when I started studying way back in time, I went after what reduces stress, and boy, did you f- spell it out today. <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, we're, let's do this again. You're, you're, uh, boy, I like the way you set it to the point, and people have got to start taking responsibility, and I'm a believer. I think people can live to be 100 and longer and feel good, be healthy, and why not? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's an exciting way to be vain and enjoy the valuability and the gift of your life you were given. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. You keep up that good work because I like the way you do it. Thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. you have a nice day and be well. Well, I hope you realize she was preaching to the choir, me. I'm a believer that everything she said is right. You must, every day, take responsibility to how you take care of yourself. And that will become vulnerable to all the planet Earth, really. Who wants to be harmful to another human being when you're feeling good? The only time we may be, d- d- be unkind is when we're not feeling so good that day or those days. So think about it. Let's, let's try to save lives and save years first. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, and we're going to come back with Ellen Gilmer. I'm really excited to talk about Ellen and what's going on with all this water issues throughout the United States. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, and we'll be right back with Ellen.
2: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel
1: Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
2: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. To the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Ellen, are you with us? Hi there. Thank you for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about you, and we're going to be discussing uh, you've been a reporter and and copy editor about the uh, writing about the environment and energy for so long tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll just start talking about the issues of water. Uh,
3: absolutely sure. I, I wouldn't say for for so long. Certainly I'm um, one of the younger reporters. Uh, I I'm based in Washington DC uh, and working for Environment and Energy Publishing which is a uh, leading news outlet covering environmental policy and energy policy uh DC-centric, but but reaching out as well to state-level issues, regional issues, such as the the water scarcity problem I was covering uh, in Nevada at the uh, just a couple months ago now.
0: Now, do you represent one in particular paper or publisher, or you you go in and work with many? Uh, No, uh, our company is Environment
3: and Energy Publishing, um, and we are a collection of five different news. Services, including okay. Climate Wire, which is, I wrote the story for Climate Wire, which, as you would guess, covers climate policy. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. So tell us about what you've been learning now. Um, uh, what, what is, what do, you, do you feel that education is vital to everyone out there? And I have a tendency to talk about the planet because I deal with the planet with what I do, but uh, that people have not understood. Because there hasn't been enough education, and, or the education has, not, has been too extreme, maybe too much, so people cannot really comprehend some of the issues you're trying to stress?
3: I certainly, Yeah, I would say that uh, so much of environmental um, and energy issues uh, can get weighted, down by a uh, very technical and scientific language, and then anything policy related gets weighted down in the bureaucratic language that that we throw around uh, in Washington, especially. And having that that kind of convoluted um, parlance for it all, uh, I think makes it really hard for just your average person, um, well educated or not, to understand. What's happening, um, well, you to know, the planet, 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 to the environment, and that? Right, what,
0: because, policies, you we're know, we're living, living in it living every living. day, we get up every day, it's everything is, we're living in it, and, uh, mm-hmm. since the beginning of time. Okay, mm-hmm. we're now being, uh, the, the education and the communications that we're receiving are the words like energy, water, environment, climate, warm, change, there's words that are always being thrown at individuals, as intellectual as the person may be, as willing as they're being receptive to wanting to be absorbing this information or not, they all of a sudden think, well, I've heard it all, because they keep using the same description. Mm -hmm. What do you think, like today we're going to discuss the issues of water in Nevada. Mm -hmm. Well, for all this 100 years, or over 200, 300 years, People have known the issues of water in Europe so far back that they had to drink wine and liquor because there was no good water, and then they ended up going to tea, China bringing tea into Europe because they could boil the water and make tea. Then around the world, we saw what happened to the countries of Middle, Middle East, where they became all sand. They weren't sand from the beginning, but they didn't have the knowledge we have today to know that you will turn to sand if you don't worry about the water. So now, going over to Nevada, what are uh-huh. you learning that is a handicap? Because Nevada has known for a long time they're having trouble with water. Right. Uh, the issue in Nevada uh,
3: that I was writing about is um, Las Vegas is a city in the desert, and they've known for years, even since the the city was established that it would face this issue. Right now, um, it's a more urgent need because they had 11 years of drought. Um, the Columbia, the, excuse me, the Colorado River uh, feeds the city of Las Vegas. The city of Las Vegas gets 90% of its water from uh, the Colorado River, Um, a a water source, that river is is already allocated between, I think, seven different states.
0: Right. I've had, in fact, I've had almost every single state on here, the heads of that water issue, Mm -hmm. uh, watershed, the director of the watershed's on. And it is a worry. I, you know, I have a, I've been researching water for over 30 years. Uh, I have this show now, Water, Power Water. And of course, you can imagine the individuals from all over the world we've had on. And you stop and think about the mirage of the city called Las Vegas, you think way back in time, and it can't go away. It's got. To, it's going to be there. What are they going to do with the issues of water when the Colorado River cannot keep supplying all these different states when the state of Colorado, that's their river? Right.
3: So the, the plan that water planners, the water authority in Las Vegas has, is to draw groundwater from up north, like north uh east of the city in rural Nevada and a little sliver of western Utah to draw groundwater from there and pipe it, um, you know, two, three hundred miles to Las Vegas.
0: Uh now explain p- to the audience what you mean by groundwater. Are they going into the uh seasonal, because uh, groundwater uh, or aquifers, what are they going into to make sure they have a consistent amount of water with the word groundwater?
3: They want to target deep aquifers. There we go. Uh, okay, uh, Under, yeah. yes, under ranch land and, you know, mountains
0: in rural Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And up here in Utah. Correct. The in Utah where they get a lot of snow. Central Western Utah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and
3: and that's obviously a contentious proposal because, uh, you know, it it would certainly bring uh, a large amount of water into Las Vegas if they were to proceed with this proposal, which is still, which still faces many hoops yet to jump through in order to be approved. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but even with that water going to Las Vegas. There are two issues. One, it still might not be enough for the city. And two, the rural Nevadans and Utahns who are allowing access to that water are then losing it for their own use. Um, the idea is that the aquifers will replenish, but it's really tough to say, even for hydrologists and, and, and geologists and everyone studying it, it's really tough to say how quickly those aquifers would replenish and if they would replenish quickly enough for the ranchers and the farmers to, to be able to use, use the water as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, in, in Nevada now, uh, what, are the, what are the individuals and the authorities in the watershed in Nevada, what is their major concern in the next five years? Are they finding this is a, this is a very, the years have gone by now. You've, this is probably, how, how many years has this been going on? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, the original water rights were applied for in 1989.
3: Mm-hmm. So it's been going on for quite some time. Um, but the current uh, more active proceedings
0: have just been since maybe 2003 or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because the city keeps expanding. Right Vegas. and their growth is the re- causing the recession has,
3: um, as in many resource issues uh, nationwide, the recession has given uh, city water planners a little bit of a break, a little bit of relief mm-hmm. in that it's not quite so urgent because their city is not growing uh, at the rapid pace that it was growing uh, last decade. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so things are slightly less urgent now, but, uh, you know, in, in all, it's still, it's still a major issue. Uh, this past year was not a drought year, so that was another bit of relief for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still going ahead though with these proceedings full throttle, because... Yeah, they should, they you should, you know, anyway. yeah. Yeah, all it takes is, is another drought year, which is inevitable. Oh my. You know, for them to really need,
0: now, need this water. any dams to store water, by chance, in, in Nevada? Well,
3: Las Vegas gets its water from Lake Mead. Um, I mean, almost all of their water from Lake Mead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond that, Lake Mead, a a man-made lake, a dam? Yeah, I mean, Lake Mead is attached to the Hoover Dam. Okay. Um, And uh, Las Vegas has drilled or or inserted, like, a deeper pipeline into Lake Mead, a a Mm -hmm. deeper straw, if you will, uh, to be able to get more of the water, uh, that's deep in, you know, in, in the lake so that if, if the lake levels aren't high enough to reach their, uh, you know, higher access points that they can get, get water from lower in the lake. So that, that was kind of another backup measure. Uh, but that still just drops from, the, from their Colorado River
0: allocation so that can only help so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Colorado, um uh it, it, I, I've often wondered, and, and we've had people on the show who represent their watersheds, and you wonder how long Colorado can do that. Did mm-hmm. you ever write up, a, do a research on that? I have not studied that specifically. No. I would because uh, because you've got such a fascination, and you've been doing so much writing on it, but and in, in, in investigation. But uh, they're supplying so many different states that what are they going to do for themselves? Let's say they have a unique time of history, which everything has a climate change. That will go on for the rest of Earth's life. It's a climate change. It's been going on forever. And that's the cycle of the organism of Earth. And Mm -hmm. uh, I've often wondered uh, about how long Colorado can continue. And I truly believe each state has to operate within the borders of their own loyalty to their state, uh, I believe in the state taking care of what they need for themselves, and uh, and it is so they've been sharing this now for so long. And did you run into any uh, investigation? How long uh, Colorado has been sharing their water?
3: Uh, the color, the official compact that they're operating under right now that allocates the water between those states. Uh, I believe was established in the 20s or 30s, the 1920s or 1930s.
0: Wow. Um, so at that least that long, before it became probably, such probably an quite issue.
3: longer. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: before it became such an issue.
3: And at this point, many people have said and believe strongly that the Colorado River Compact should be renegotiated, that they, they should get everyone at the table and think about if there is a better way to do this. Um, speaking to your point about whether Colorado can continue uh, uh, allocating it further this way. Um, but everybody kind of uh, that, that I spoke to when I was researching this Nevada story had concluded, uh, had kind of given in to the idea that it's just too big of an issue <laughs> that would never get any traction because of the various levels of jurisdiction over that Colorado compact getting seven states to agree on something, and that you know, their agencies, their executive levels, and then the federal government would have to play a major role in that. And everybody who I spoke with thought that that was such a huge undertaking that it was unlikely to ever even be started, at least in the near future.
0: Oh, isn't that sad? Mm. I'm saddened because of the state of Colorado. See, I'm, I'm a believer that this. This thinking is possibly so important to evaluate is our forefathers decided to separate our country, which I'm sure is envied all over the world, but they decided so far back to divide us into 50 states. Mm-hmm. Each state was to be in, in charge of their own welfare and their own government issues and their own lifestyle choices and their own economic Choices and, and each state with these 50 states, it's such an exciting privilege from our Constitution and our forefathers to have organized something where each state has a, a choice. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we're finding that these issues, like this one, for example, are mm-hmm. impacting the people who choose to live and be loyal to the state of their Colorado or whichever state. And we're all, everybody wants to help each state. And that's what their forefathers, I believe, wanted to, to, to happen. But they also wanted them to know you must be loyal to your own state and your own economy in your own state so that you can flourish and take care of yourself and, and better your uh, lifestyles and choices of life where you choose to live. Right, And, and the complication, uh, of course, the complication, of course, comes
3: in that all of these natural resources don't feed to, to the, the political boundaries that we've set for the states. So we have very complex situations where where water sources like traverse state boundaries, and you have aquifers that underlay you know two different that underlie two different states, and uh, and then you know you have to get a a board assessment together and figure out what is the best way to parse out this limited source that stretches across jurisdictions, that stretches across political boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is where all of these
0: compacts and, and state, state against state issues are, are coming from. It's a challenge all over the world. You know, ever in China, if you've studied abroad, China has a, r- a particular river that they put a dam on, and they're talking mm-hmm. about another dam. And that one river flows into India. Well, India needs that river. It's a nature's flow into India, and they're talking about looking at changing that mm-hmm. flow. And it's going on all over the world.
3: Mm-hmm. Certainly, and I think that as um, in the United States, uh, as climate change policy uh, has has less and less traction in Congress, people are looking to these more uh, kind of practical applications of climate change, like water issues, and I think we're going to, going to be seeing more and more of these intense water battles in the West and elsewhere in the
0: country. Well, they've said, too, Ellen, Did you know in Yemen that water wars have been going on for a long time, mm-hmm. the concern that. and the fear of these, uh, that area would not have the water. So they started fighting over water long ago among the tribes. Mm-hmm. Water is a big issue over in all those countries. People think that it's probably they're fighting because of, of any uh, beliefs that they have that the other doesn't believe in whatever. It's water. If you, do, if you wake, woke up in the morning and you didn't have any water in your neighborhood and your whole neighborhood is battling to go get water, from the next neighborhood, what would happen in time with that fear? And this is where the world has to listen. That's why I have the power of water show. Uh, okay. It is concerning to me that 5,000 children are dying a day without water on the planet Earth. That is, there's no excuse for that. And yet we're fighting for all these reasons all over the world. And the issues are always going to be they were fighting long ago in those countries over water so far back, but our country doesn't hear about that. So I'm glad you came on, and, and keep up the good work. Do Thank your you. research. And uh, people need to go. Tell us your website for people to come to, to see you. Absolutely, uh, eenews.net. dot net. And you've been writing for a lot of different publications, and uh, your issues are environment and energy. That's correct. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you ever have another subject again, you want to come on and discuss another part of this, give uh, Polly Featherton, who's our program director, a call, and we'd love to have you on again. Great. Thank you for having me, You keep up the good work, and it's a good mission. Great. Thank you. And it will save lives, Ellen. Mm -hmm. Have a nice day. You too. Be well. Well, what we haven't learned today, uh, Dr. Lorraine Day, who's an MD, uh, been in medical practice for many years. She had cancer, and she solved her own cancer by not only the medication to start with, but then she went into more proactive, alternative ways to uh, cure her cancer and um, go into remission. Now, you heard from Dr. Day today that she believes in fresh air, the the sunlight, and of course she meant not extreme sunlight, she meant the moderate, she meant the diet, and we didn't bring up the sleep, good rest, sleep, and prevent to try to, not prevent, (laughs) excuse me, but try to solve your stress. So you're being proactive of how you can take better care of yourself and not go running to the doctor. When you think the doctor is going to be uh, giving you all the faith in the world that they can do something that probably they can't do, but just try to make you satisfied to walk out of there with maybe something you could have learned yourself. And don't go see the doctor when it's late. Go beforehand if you have a question and make them your consultant for your health education, not just your diseases. And always remember that. They become very good health educators if you want to go to a nature path, a regular MD, specialist at different directions you want to go, and learn more. So, if you want to make an appointment to go see your doctor, go before it's later. The other guest, Ellen Gilmer, is a writer, a uh, reporter, uh, obviously in research out of Washington, D.C., on what's happening with our environment and our energy. And she's learned, like you have been told on the show, water is an issue. Without it, you would have a problem. If your neighborhood didn't have water for, let's say, one month, you're going to be running to the next neighborhood to go get water as they have it. And there may be a lot of frustration, anger, and and out-of-control anger. So just remember uh, what our show is all about. We want to save lives. We want to bring you to uh, a research lab of listening. What can we do to remind ourselves of certain things we need to do? I want to thank you for listening today. I think this was an excellent show, but I really enjoy all of our guests throughout the years. We're soon going to be five years. We've had over 420 guests, and they are exciting. So go in and take a look at which one you'd like to listen to because they're all very important people. Embrace your life because it's your life and remember that. But the earth is whispering, don't say goodbye because we don't want you to take it with you. We would like you to leave it behind and be mortal with leaving something behind that is your footprint that we think is important. You're that important. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day and be well.